Welcome to Bixin's Daily News. We'll be covering challenges of building SEK EVM, the case for SQL for on-chain data, and Ethereum staking risks. Let's get to it. On December 23rd, Salazar Slivering published a blog titled to describe the suffering of building ZK EVM. Here are his main points. Building a ZK EVM is a challenging task due to the design of the Ethereum virtual machine and the requirements of zero-knowledge proof systems. One problem is the EVM stack-based architecture, which can increase the difficulty of proving computation. A stack is a data structure consisting of homogeneous elements and uses the last-in, first-out principle. Last data added to a stack will be the first to be removed. The EVM executes a program by pushing data onto the stack, performing operations on that data, and then popping the data off the stack when it is no longer needed. Think of it as a robot chef that can stack and manipulate cupcakes to create delicious recipes on the Ethereum blockchain. To mitigate this issue, some ZK EVMs, such as ZK Sync's ZK EVM and Starkware's StarkNet, use a register-based model instead. The EVM storage layout, which relies on Kikak hashing functions and a Merkle Patricia tree, also poses challenges for ZK proof construction due to the high proving overhead. Some ZK VMs, such as ZK Sync, have replaced the Keka256 function to reduce. Sometimes it can be a little tricky to prove that the EVM is working correctly when it is using the Merkle Patricia tree and Kirkak hashing functions. This is because it can take a lot of work to check all of the hashes and make sure that they are correct. Generating zero knowledge proofs is also a resource intensive process that requires specialized hardware and significant investment in time, money, and effort. Despite these challenges, recent advances in zero-knowledge technology have made it possible to mitigate some of these issues and have led to renewed interest in developing CKEVM solutions. On December 28th, KOL High underscore Byte shared the potential of SQL for on-chain data and the future of blockchain data on Twitter. The following are his main points. SQL is very popular and rightfully so. It is essentially a data manipulation language. But it isn't just one language, it is a type of languages. We already use structured data in our contracts, in Web3 API, and all over Web2 tech. Anything that has a well-defined structure can be queried and manipulated with SQL, like JSON, CSV, Proto-Buff, TypeScript definitions, YAML, machine learning models. Now imagine you want to come up with some useful query after the contract was deployed. You will have to rewrite the contract, do an audit and deploy an upgrade, which is a risk within itself. What if a user comes up with a useful query that you didn't come up with? Take for example, Dune Analytics. The users are ones who create all sorts of amazing queries the creators couldn't even think of. But all that happens off-chain. Is there a case for SQL on-chain? 1. Blockchain equals database. But even now, after years of R&D, it doesn't feel that way. 2. Transaction equals query. In essence, it is still a blockchain as a database. 3. Blockchain is innovation of databases. Blockchain is a special type of database that stores its own transactions in a append-only chain. This innovation together with innovations in consensus algorithms brought us the trustless blockchain we know and love today. But in order to scale early blockchains, efficient execution environments were implemented, such that we lost much of the database component in them. As scaling technologies develop rapidly and faster than anticipated, the potential for SQL blockchain skyrocketed to over 9,000. In particular, zero-knowledge technologies can enable SQL-powered blockchains at a fraction of the cost 
of a regular layer one today. Moreover, by bridging the gap between Web2 and Web3 technologies, we can onboard the entire existing internet infrastructure. On December 28th, Misari published a research report titled ETH Staking Custody, Management and Correlation Risks. The main content are as follows. The primary goal of Ethereum validators is to ensure the secure, decentralized operation of the network. To this end, in-protocol rules purposely disincentivize the centralization of stake. Slashing penalties become more severe the more validators participate in the same event. And any failure or malicious action that affects more than one-third of validators prevents the network from reaching finality. In such cases, offending validators increasingly shed Ethereum until a supermajority of honest operational validators is met once more. Still, the majority of staked Ethereum is controlled by just a handful of staking as a service providers. Specifically, Lido, the top staking as a service provider, represents nearly 30% of staked Ethereum, while Coinbase, the next largest leader, accounts for just over 13%. Altogether, all identified staking of the service provider account for roughly 72% of staked Ethereum. While this may seem concerning, it's important to consider additional nuances when evaluating the decentralization of stake, including infrastructure component concentration, the custody of management validators, and architecture correlation risks. Applying these verticals, we see that risks associated with some of the top staking of the service providers are lower to network liveliness than is commonly believed. Ethereum validator operators have many choices to make regarding the components they use to run a validator. As mentioned last week in our analysis of distributed validator technology, Prism accounts for an estimated 42% of validated client usage. GIF represents 7 execution client usage and AWS hosts 51% of Ethereum nodes. While each of these data collection methodologies have its caveats, assuming the estimates are directionally correct, a disruption affecting all operators using any one of these components could prevent Ethereum from reaching finality. However, at present, it's infrastructure concentration that may pose the greatest threat to Ethereum. Although there is validated infrastructure concentration that could potentially impact Ethereum, it's encouraging to know that at present, no single entity controls enough staked Ethereum to cause a major network disruption. By taking steps to mitigate centralization and correlation, the Ethereum network is better ensured of ongoing stability. To continue hearing more, please subscribe to bishingventures.substack.com for daily newsletter and follow Twitter account bishingventures to hear the rest. This is Celine from Bishing Ventures. Thank you for listening and we will see you tomorrow.